Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapter 8 of his work, The Categories, Aristotle is discussing quality, or poiotes, or topoion in Greek, and he distinguishes between four different types of qualities. The second type that he talks about is what he terms natural capacities. Dunamis would be the plural. Dunamis fusike, a natural capacity that somebody or something has. And he says that this applies to all terms that denote some sort of capacity, a dunamis in Greek. A dunamis means capacity, ability, power is another way that we translate it, or an incapacity, the opposite of a capacity, an adunamis, that is from nature. So what he's distinguishing this from is the type of qualities that he had just talked about as the first type, that is habits and dispositions. And he says, this is not from being disposed in a certain way. Diakestai post, post just means in a certain way. And diakestai is the word that we're getting diathesis from, which means disposition. Some of those dispositions would be things that are easily changed, like being hot or cold. Some of them would be the sorts of things that we develop through habituation. So they would be habits like those of virtue and vice or knowledge, types of knowledge uh, on the other hand. So we're not talking about anything like that. We're talking about things that a person or by extension, a thing has by its nature, which is probably going to mean its bodily nature. So a little bit later, Aristotle is going to talk about this as being a capacity or an incapacity to do something easily, radios in Greek is, is the word for that, or not to suffer something, meiden paschen. Now, the reason why I put the Greek terms here is because when you're looking at this, this work, the categories, we're looking right now at the category of quality, but there are also later on, not very much discussed in this work, but there are two other categories that are coming up in this sentence. Poesai is coming from poiein, which is the category of doing or doing something to something, right? So that category is already involved here in the capacity to do something easily. And then it's correlative suffering or passion. It's sometimes translated paskane, pathane. It's, it's really the same sort of thing. These are not, you know, like I said, all that much discussed in the categories itself, but they are also ways that things are talked about. So there's a sort of intrusion of another category into this type of quality. So many of us have some capacities to do some things more easily than others by nature. For example, some people learn more quickly when it comes to intellectual things. Other people are better at physical activities, right? Some people, uh, we could also talk about, you know, not to suffer something, not to have to endure something, to be able to resist it, right? Some people have a very difficult time sitting in the 
classroom, putting their rear in a, a seat and paying attention to what's on the board. That, well, that might be something that Aristotle would call a natural incapacity, right? And we can come up with lots of other examples. Some people, you know, take him into a classroom and you teach them juggling and they can figure it out very quickly. I never have been able to do that sort of thing, but there, there have been other things that I found myself having a natural capacity to do that other people had a harder time with. And so we all have things along these lines. For example, I have a ability to take a musical instrument and within a fairly short time, figure out the range of sounds that it can make and how they're you know, structured in relation to each other. That's probably some sort of natural capacity that not everybody else has. I had a friend who actually had a, a perfect pitch. He could hear any sound and tell you where it fit in. Like he would hear the bell for class and say, that's an E flat and it's a little bit sharp. You know, <laughs> if they were tuning it, it would sound a little bit better. He actually could do something quite impressive. He could move a piano and then retune the piano just by ear on his own. Well, that is, that's on his part a natural capacity, way beyond the natural capacity that I have to do something easily, right? In other cases, it might be to resist something. Some people, like, for example, Socrates. Socrates was renowned for his ability to resist the summer heat and the winter cold and to never actually get in time intoxicated when drinking. We don't know if that's actually true or not. Uh, it might have been just a legend, but, but it would be an example of what Aristotle's talking about here. Other people have a natural incapacity when it comes to alcohol, right? We call them cheap drunks because you can just take them and give them one shot and suddenly they're intoxicated. Well, that would be a, an example of an incapacity to not be able to resist something, right? So what are the examples that Aristotle himself uses? I've, I've given you a number of examples so far. Well, he talks at first about boxers and runners. This is kind of an interesting thing. So athleticism, right? Athleticism is, in many respects, a natural capacity. It can, of course, be developed further. This is what training or eschesis, which the Greeks knew a lot about, was important for. But some people just are not going to be good runners. And other people, even if they don't have any training, they are good runners. That might change over time, right? You could actually, you know, start out at one point in your life as a good runner, and then maybe by the time you're in your 40s, you're no longer a good runner, something like that. Likewise, he says other people are good boxers. They have that sort of, you know, set of, might call them impulses or reactions that, you know, let them figure out when they should dodge or duck or when's a good time to throw in the punch, right? These are the sorts of things that coaches actually look for. And so you can describe an athlete, you know, as having sort of natural talent in, in these respects. It's interesting because, and this is a bit of a side note that Aristotle doesn't discuss, Oftentimes, when we attribute something like this to a person, we pigeonhole them and we say, okay, we figured out what their natural capacity is. And we don't realize that they have other capacities. So you see, for example, you know, in, in the NFL, the National Football League, some players that start out in one position and then they get moved to a different position. And these require extreme amounts of skill that's been developed on the basis of natural capacities and then training. But they may have been pegged as 
as this position here, right? And then somebody realizes, no, actually they could be good for this position here. For example, somebody might be set up to be tight end and then, you know, things get screwed up on the team and suddenly they're in the running back position and everyone's like, oh, this is going to be terrible. But it turns out that's what they had the capacity to do. Um, similarly, we can talk about other things as well. Aristotle talks also about health and disease. And here he says something quite interesting. So we might think about this as uh, having a healthy constitution and a sickly or diseased constitution. He says, when we speak of the healthy, we mean not just that these people are actually in a state of health. That would be a different kind of thing. We're saying that such people have powers of resistance, ready, innate, constitutional against all the commoner ills. So these are the people that, you know, they go to the restaurant, with all their friends and everybody gets food poisoning, but this person, it just gives them a little bit of indigestion or they feel a little run down. Everybody else is, you know, laid out for a day or so, right? Or, you know, we pick other examples. The example of Socrates would be an extreme example. The example of somebody at the other extreme would be, for example, Nietzsche, who had a sickly constitution and spent a lot of time in bed in between bouts of writing. And before that, teaching. So he says, when we speak of the sickly, we mean those who seem to possess no such powers. They don't have the capacity to resist the things that lay other people down. So nowadays we might talk about somebody having a compromised immune system. That would be similar to what Aristotle is talking about as this, this natural capacity. In that case, it's probably, unless they were born with it, because something happened over time, like, you know, toxins in the environment that they were exposed to or toxins that they themselves ingested, you know, like if people indulge themselves too much in certain substances. But that would be an example of, of what he's calling natural capacity. The third type that he talks about as an example um, doesn't apply to human beings quite so much, although I suppose you could say hardness and softness works, you know, even for human bodies, right? Some people's bones are harder, others are, are you know, more brittle or, or not as dense. So hardness and softness, he says, we predicate hardness of that which resists ready disintegration and softness of that which does not. There we're thinking more in terms of something that's just a capacity of a physical object. So, you know, we could use, for examples, the paper of this book is not as hard as the chalk of this piece of chalk. And this tie, I suppose, you probably would say is softer in that respect than, no, the paper is probably softer. It's easier to rip. It's easier to destroy than the tie. The tie is a woven fabric. So the tie would be somewhere in between the paper and the chalk in terms of its natural capacity to resist dissolution in that respect. So this is this sort of subcategory of natural capacity, a type of quality. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.